Hi, everyone. It's Raghu, back with Mind Rolling. Uh, today, we're going to meet somebody brand new that I haven't talked to in forever. Uh, it's Noah Marcus. Noah Hello, is everyone. joining me. You've heard him on other podcasts. You know, I was thinking of Noah actually was, uh, we should try and get Joseph Goldstein back and just hang with him. I'll have to try and do that, yeah. Uh, So we had some fun. We've been doing different things. And uh, we we have a a major thing. I think everybody knows it in terms of Love Serve Remember Foundation, which is this is the 50th anniversary of Ram Dass' Be Here Now book. And so we've been doing a lot of different things to celebrate that, honor it and him. And we have a big one coming up uh, October 24th, just being announced today, actually, uh, at the Wisdom Theater with wonderful, immersive 360 dome films that have been uh, either converted or created anew. And a great uh, lineup during the day of people, uh, as I said, honoring uh, Ramdas and what this teaching represents, particularly Be Here Now, which we're going to talk about with Noah in a minute. Uh, Krishnas is going to be there, and Jack Cornfield uh, and Trudy Goodman, and Mirabai Star, and um, I'll be there, and I'm going to do something with uh, Pete Holmes. I can't wait for that. Love Pete. And then in the evening, there's a concert with East Forest, and Krishnas will be headlining it, and John Forte, who we are working with right now, who has a, a beautiful album coming out uh, at that same time, and right now there's uh, one of the songs called Ready on the One is out there. Uh, so then we have East Forest, we said, and Justin Beretta from Glitch Mob. And he has a whole new uh, thing going on, a new offering called Superposition, and Nela is going to be part of that. So uh, go to ramdas.org slash wisdom, and that's W-I-S-D-O-M-E. It's a little bit of a play on that uh thanks for being here noah sorry for the ad thanks for having me um yeah so we were talking about uh, be here now and and we thought uh to get more like direct about what that is noah had a bunch of different things in mind to sort of prompt me to remember uh from when Be Here Now was created, as much as I knew. When I yeah. first met Ram Dass, I knew nothing about Be Here Now. I only knew about it when I got to India and had that whole story of it, Maharaji saying, you got to stop the printing. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a, a pretty well-known story around all of this. Uh, but I want to see if there's some other stories we can uh, flesh out here. Uh, okay. And I just, I want to preface all this by by saying, you know, Yes, I'm your your child, and I've been in this scene my entire life. But I am uh, by no means an expert on it. So when I ask these questions, I ask them from a, a genuine place. That you know, I, I truly don't know all of this stuff. You know, I've, I've probably heard a lot of the stories a lot of times, but uh, you didn't pay always, attention we all don't those always years. Pay attention to what our parents oh, say. So what what can I tell you? I, mm. I'm sure you never had that issue at all. Um, Oh, let's not go there. This that would need Gabor Mate. <laughs> Different podcast. Yeah. Different podcast. <laughs> Different expert. Um, but yeah, let me just start with. I mean, we could just really start at the basics. What there there are sort of different components to be here now. There's it's really you know whatever three four five different books in one. Can you? Uh, can you break it down a little for, for all of us? You know, I, I know the first part pretty well that, you know, Ram Dass's journey. Uh, and that's sort of the part I'm most familiar with. Uh, and then there's uh, another part, the, the brown pages, which are probably the most famous part of it. But yeah, break aren't. it down. What yeah. What is Be Here Now? Well, uh, it's funny because I just talked about w- wisdom and we're going to celebrate Be Here Now with films and, all, and uh, just all these amazing people, teachers and artists. And uh, so in the process of thinking, okay, we're going to present some of uh, what Ramdas, how he characterized it 
himself. And so we found, or Nathan found, our wonderful library curator, uh, a piece that was uh, very close in time to when Ram, after Ramdas uh, came back, uh, the first time from India. So we're talking 19, I think this was done in 68, 69. He came back early 68, I believe. So he was fresh into it and he said so i went you know with this young uh surfer hippie guy and bhagavan das and met him in kathmandu at a cafe and and they he decided to tag along uh, or bring he had the car and the whole thing so bhagavan das kind of just took control and he let it happen because he didn't know how to navigate it right so Bhagwan Das had been living there for years. So uh, so off they went uh, to meet Maharaji, which turned out to be where we first saw nearby where we first saw him in Kenchi, up in the foothills of the Himalayas near Nainital. And um, well, Ram Das is on the ride, and he's just like talking about all of his experiences with Leary and. Uh, you know, he's got such an incredible life history. He he was regaling, regaling, regaling uh, Bhagavan Das about all of his wondrous adventures uh, up to that point. And then finally Bhagavan Das just looked at him and went, Jesus, Richard, can you just for one second just be here now? That's it. That's how it happened. <laughs> I mean... And from there, Ramdas never gave it a thought, but probably was just pissed that you know he was called out for not being in the moment. And then look what's happened with that phrase. Uh, it's uh, it's incredible. And so, yeah, I mean, some of it, the iconic part of it, be here now. I mean, an insurance company owned be here now, the, the phrase. Really? Yeah, a big insurance company. I can't remember. That. I probably shouldn't say, but I can't remember it anyhow, so it's okay. But they did, and then um, we countered, actually. And it's not resolved yet, but what are you, you know, it's awful and ridiculous. So it, it, the iconic nature of it is, yes, be here now while you still can with your life insurance policy. I don't know how they used it. Uh, but uh, the reality of what, Ramdas was talking about in, in terms of course not letting yourself fly off into the future or continue what he was doing with Bhagwan Das is just remembering the past and um, instead of any of that so then being in the in the moment means letting go of a lot of stuff to be able to do that and it is it's a work in progress for everybody because uh, we are dragged around by our minds and by the, the incredible array of uh, phenomena from people and objects. I mean, it's just extraordinary. So it's, it's a work in progress, which is why Joseph Goldstein, he talks about practice and what he, what's the first thing to do? Stop clinging. <laughs> and then you have a chance of being in the present moment. But everyone has been in that moment, one point or another, if it's not naturally or through a piece of music or with somebody or, or love, lovemaking. Um, if it's not that, and then it's psychedelics. But there's that place where ev the world just stops and you're just at ease in, in the moment. And uh, that was Ram Dass's a, a large part of what his life work has, has been up until he left uh, almost two years ago now, was to offer to everyone the, uh, the goal of being in that moment, which we all know, so trusting that, and uh, you get it, and it happens once in a while, and then it starts to, once you really are doing some of the practices and mindfulness and all of that, and then it, it's, it enlargens. It's, it's not uh, as, as uh, once in a blue moon where you just are present and take a deep breath. Ah, here, just here. 
So uh, it, uh, it's a central uh, tenet, really, of uh, the goal of mindfulness practice. Awesome. Um, you mentioned Nathan had found this, uh, this talk from 1969 or whatever, yeah, right after he came yeah, back. Something. Um, there was one, one of the early podcasts, uh, the here and now podcast that I've listened to, I think it was an old radio interview Ron Doss did. And he was talking about, uh, making the love serve remember album. Um, what can, can you clarify all this for me? What, what is that? How is it related to be here now? It's crazy that the foundation ended up with that name. Of course, not crazy because that's the only instructions we got, Ramdas got from uh, Neem Karoli Baba. Um, but that was done. I mean, one of the ways that I remember it, because uh, your mother and I were involved, Parvati, and uh, Rameshwar Das, who co wrote Being Ramdas, the new memoir that came out earlier this year and a couple other people, and uh, we were in New York, and it was during the hearings, uh, or the Watergate hearings. So we were sitting there in the middle of New York, and this was happening, and we were working and had the TV on with Sam Irvin, who was the chairman of the committee. That He was like this southern guy that he was incredible. So we were fixated there. So it's that was uh, 1973 those hearings, I believe. And um, Ramdas had done a series of uh, radio shows in New York City on the Pacifica station, and they were fantastic. Uh, it was fantastic content that he did. And so we just, he said, well, let's put it out, you know, let's put out some some." Not CDs, vinyl. Of course, now vinyl is way back in. Uh, we could, we should do that now. <laughs> we put it out again as vinyl. That would be cool. Um, but uh, and then he wanted to add all of these other wonderful elements, including the artwork. We got this amazing artist to do this artwork that was, you know, the liner notes for it had a nice size, twelve by twelve or whatever it is, and. Um, I mean, he was reciting the third Chinese patriarch is in there. It's fantastic uh, recital of that. Um, and uh, the Ramayana, it was very rich, you know. It was really Ramdas putting all of these different elements together that represent, you know, from his Hindu and Buddhist and Christian and the whole thing. Uh, he did that so well, so honestly. So that's how Love Serve Remember. Okay. Which is is we ha it's available on ramdas.org in the okay. shop as as downloads I believe. See, that's already clearing some stuff up for me. I thought that was somehow connected to uh, to be here now the book, but I was uh, I was way off no. base. So I'm learning no. things here. What's uh, connected to the book is the original uh, uh, box set the that box. they put together, okay. which had it had had a CD of CD. It had the vinyl and it had all sorts of different booklets that like the brown pages were a separate thing and pictures. It's really, and Lama uh, redid it this past summer and just, I think only made a hundred because it's work intensive thing. And we did yeah. get a few, uh, but I don't know what happened. But that's where Be Here Now came from. Uh -huh. Yeah, and, and basically, because I think maybe not, just now, but before, I think you asked me about Lama Foundation's involvement, right? Yeah, yeah. So Ramdas, how he kept going around in the days after he first was in India, which is where most of us met him on and or heard him and or were with him, uh, and uh, so. This woman named Lillian North actually said, hey, uh, why don't you give me these things? I'll transcribe them. And she did that. And he was traveling and getting them. And then he got actually uh, to, where was he? In California at Esalen. And he, somebody just, he opened his trunk of his car and he had all this shit in there, all the 
tapes and the transcripts. You know, it was like a big mess. And uh, the guy looked, asked him what it was, and he looked, he, holy shit, this should be a book, Ramdas. And then when he got to Lama and they saw it and he had that thing in his head, then it manifested because of uh, his, uh, at the time, relationship, uh, uh, friendship with uh, uh, the guy who ran uh, Lama at the time, whose name just disappeared for me, um, but um, who passed recently. Uh, anyhow, that's how it happened. And they had a bunch of artists there and... Uh, Steve Durkee was his name. Uh, yeah. He also he had a, 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 a Muslim name as well. And, uh, and that creation came out of the commune that was Lama, a spiritual commune which exists to this day. And they have the original, they, the art was done on these big brown paper formatted things that... Uh, they actually have that still, Lama does. And, uh, yeah, we want to eventually take them out and on a, display them so, in different places. What what year was this? So that's 69, 70. Okay. And then um, they decide, so they made, 69, I think they actually made the, the, box set into and then by 70 decided Ramdas will put it out just as a book and he'd get my story and then the brown pages and then the spiritual um, paths and and so on yeah so that's that's how it happened okay and so obviously we have that very uh, well-known story about Maharaji uh, requesting the uh, edits being made um, yeah he said yeah you got it wrong, Ramdas. This is not how it happened. You must change it. And Ramdas knew that it was just it was gone to print. And uh, the long and the short of it is that he was told it was printed, and then got a telegram saying, "Whoops, there was a mistake that was made in the uh, something wrong with one of the plates or whatever. We had to redo it." Yeah, and they no, were it's, able. It, it's an amazing story, and I think he he does a, a pretty good telling of it uh in one of the last couple episodes we put out of uh yeah uh, of here and now uh, and i didn't realize it, it was somehow the the whatever the lies that he was telling were, were somehow connected to uh the the person who'd been his teacher uh over there so that yeah was, he didn't that say really maharaj he didn't tell ramdas you lied you got it wrong he, he right. didn't yeah right that's Ramdas Ram just had no idea, and he didn't check yeah. uh, his sources, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. so that's what he's got a fact check. Yeah, <laughs> he um, didn't do no fact check. <laughs> did uh, did Maharaji have any other reaction to to the book? I mean, uh, there's that one picture of him, I think, holding the book, looking at it. Was there any other real reaction to it? No, not that I can remember. I remember being there, and we all looked at it. We hadn't seen it either, you know. Right. It was our first time. It was like, oh, my God, look at this with the artwork. It's the same reaction that people have now if they get it. Somebody hands them a copy of it in college or whatever, however it works, right? Yeah. And it's that artwork. It's so cool, and uh, the content and the delivery of it is so Ramdas, it's quite a combination and it's powerful and look what it's done over all these years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, for, for me, it's definitely the, the, the powerful part is the, uh, the, the first part, his, his journey and his story. And I was just actually reading it again earlier today. It's been a, mm. a while. Uh, it's just, always, yeah, it's a good one. And I mean, I, I, I like the, the artwork and all that, but the, uh, the narrative stuff drives with me a little more. Well, it's, uh, we all, when we heard that narrative, we all went, okay, this, uh, we, there was a trust, talk about, we've always talked about right. trust, but there was a trust, like, okay, there's not bullshitting here, this guy is honest, and I don't hear any play, uh, he admits wherever he's caught, and, you know, we are all part of that. So there was a tremendous amount of trust in in the story. So yeah, that that first part is uh, 
is the key for everybody. It's like, I mean, for me, it's this one, the little, supposedly little thing that Maharaji, uh, your mother was sick and she died of, and then he said in English, spleen, she had spleen cancer, Ram Dass's mother. The whole thing was outside, thinking of his mother and all that. But knowing the disease, you know, that did him in. In he was gone. He fell down. That was it. There was beyond CIA paranoia at that point, and we got that. We didn't even have to be there. We got that through him, which is what he's done for all of these decades. So the, it's inimitable. This beautiful thing of of be here now and representing what Ramdas is about, which is sharing. He, you know, he can't, like he said, I've said a million times when I asked him a couple of years ago before he died, why didn't you, why did you talk about Maharaji all the time? He told you not to. Why'd you do it? And he just said, uh, I had this jewel. How could I not share it? Yeah, yeah. how could I not? And he didn't have a chance, a, a choice rather. He didn't have a chance. We all didn't have a chance, that's for sure. But he didn't have a choice there because it was just part of his uh, marrow. <laughs> he couldn't yeah. change anything. He couldn't. And that's uh, the gift. That is the gift. Uh, there's a... Um, one of the, we're going to play a few of these films. I go back to the wisdom and the celebration because we're talking about Be Here Now and it's, it's going to be our opportunity of, to uh, to celebrate the book and honor Ramdas and the way that he's uh, related to the book, like you know, we're gonna get we're gonna get Jack. Jack's gonna I'm gonna ask him to see if he'll do it uh, to just talk about it from uh, his lens, the idea of being here now. Uh, I'm I'm sure he'll have a lot to say in Trudy as well. Uh, nice. But um, yes, uh, you you just uh, there's one thing that is animated be here now brand pages brown pages which is this video that was done around this uh, song that was created by uh, east forest using ramdas talk eight minutes of uh, it's just phenomenal what he's saying in the vibe of his voice and, and got together with a man named john hopkins who is this amazing uh artist from london and uh, done a lot of work you know Coldplay, they've, he's worked with and, and other ambient uh, people and projects and so on. And this is so beautiful. This between Ramdas's uh, reading of not reading, but uh, his, um, you know how he sometimes gets to that place in his voice where he's just transmitting so much. Um, non-attached stuff <laughs> and it really comes into you and he was in that place uh and of course what he was talking about is key as well but these two guys put this music behind this and then they got these people to they used uh, the brown pages to animate and animated them in a way that fit with what he's talking about and of course all of his words are on screen and so on it's just fantastic actually i can't wait to see it on this dome but even as a flat, a 2D thing, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds super cool. Looking forward to it. Yeah. It's all going to be uh, streamed, everybody, by the way, if you're not in L.A. That's good. That's yeah. Not everyone is. No. Yeah, well, there's there some line at the, at the end of uh, the, the first section of Be Here Now. Each of us finds their unique vehicle for sharing with others their bit of wisdom. That's yeah. one of the lines I wrote down today. Stuck yeah. out to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yep, that says it all, basically. Just connecting with that purpose. Yeah. So do we have, I, there's one point in, in, the, in that first section he's talking about, uh, his, uh, you know, post LSD, but uh, pre India days. Uh, so, you know, after he'd uh, done a lot of experimentation with Leary, um, but before he made it to India, he was talking about, you know, he would go give lectures on psychedelics to like the Hell's Angels, stuff like that. Do we, do we have any of that? I, I, I kind of want to, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
I'd love to get Ram Dass to a talk at uh, the Angels headquarters. Yeah, I don't really. know. That sounds far-fetched to me since I, I knew yeah. them as well back then. I don't know about that. And if it's, I know, but I still, you know, I may, well, Ram Dass maybe recollected that. That sounds, uh, uh, but we don't have that. So what can I tell you? Okay. I, I was just curious, hoping against hope. What, what can I say? Yeah. Uh, Anybody listening to this podcast who knows somebody who, like, you know, their father or grandfather went, yeah, no, I recorded that. Uh, let us know. Uh, uh, what was it? But there was one other thing that stuck out. Uh, he was talking about, finally, when he meets Maharaji, he was talking about he's, in a, he's always in a state of, and I'm going to mess this up, Sahaj Samadhi. Yeah. Ramdas said but, that. Yeah, about, about Maharaji. Can, yeah. can you explain that a little bit? There are different levels. You know, samadhi, it's interesting to bring up samadhi because of uh, we're working on this film about one of our mentors, and uh, Krishnadas talks about him as his Indian father, who spent, and Krishnadas did spend the most time with him. K.C. Tuari, it's called Brilliant Disguise, because he was a high yogi, but he, he was the headmaster of a boy's school up in the Nainital. And... Uh, it was like Superman, you know, wearing the regular suit and then he rips it off. And uh, it was, it's a pretty amazing story. Um, but um, yeah, I, I just think that uh, I'm just remembering, you know, when someone like this comes up, uh, like a KC Tuari. And, uh, and the mentors that we've had to really get the instruction. It, it make, makes me think about that uh, Ramdas really, he's such a conduit. And going back to what's be here now related to Ramdas, he's such a conduit of, has been of that for so long. And uh, to, to that kind of, uh, even though Ramdas was human, Ramdas was not enlightened and never would have said he was enlightened, but he was certainly, he was enlightened in one way, which was he did get to love everybody. That's pretty enlightening. Just look around this world, right? So, uh, in in that way, the only way he could get there was was just being present in the moment. And I don't know if that answers that question, but it just this led me to you know maybe even understand a little bit further about what be here now is, uh, because it it it's not a as I talked about is an iconic saying that is used by this insurance company and all that. Uh, it's uh, the reality of of slowing down into that presence, which he so exemplified, uh, especially in his last uh, 15, 20 years. Uh, I mean, if you could imagine through the stroke and all of that, uh, that is uh, the, his for sure, because it entails his love, his compassion, his wisdom. It had it all. Being in the present moment, that, that's all there. And that's, uh, he was able to be in it. A lot. And yeah, I, he, he embodied it there, especially, like you said, towards the end of his life. He really yeah. did. Yeah. And he, you know, not for a second would he want anybody to even think of him as a saint or any of that stuff. No. To, no. Uh, just, uh, just in the same way uh, K.C. Tuari in this film that hopefully will be out next year, uh, says Maharaji was against cults, any kind of cults, <laughs> and uh, in the same way, you know, Ramdas was against any of this. Uh, what he would have thought of as pompous kind of uh, characterizations of stages, but Sahaj Samadhi, which is what uh, you were talking about, there's Turiya, there's Sahaj, there's all of these states of absorption, which is loosely translates these absorptions are samadhi 
you're going completely, uh, I mean, Tuari would not have a pulse and uh, was stiff as a board uh, and you couldn't do anything and or breath. I mean, the states that we had never, ever even, never saw anybody like that. Your grandmother saw him like that once when I took her to India and she, uh, uh, he was saying, you can't change your religion and and take on Eastern religion. It's not that you, you, know, you just can't give something up that easily, however he said it at the time. And she, uh, uh, he said, by the way, you're Jewish, maybe you know a, a nice Jewish prayer. And so uh, she and I sang uh, for a little bit, Enka uh, Loheno, there's only one, basically, is what the, there's only one, there's only one, there's only one. We told, we looked over, stiff as a board, gone into this absorbed state. And now I don't know, Sahaj Samadhi, Turiya Samadhi, you know, there's all these arcane things. I have no idea about any of it. All I knew is that he, as Jai, Jai, Gopal, Jai Utah says in the movie, I didn't know anything about what these kind of states were, but it sure looked like he was having a good time. <laughs> yeah, bliss going off your face. I mean, so, uh, yeah, this is way beyond our pay grade to know anything about the different samadhis. But yeah. it does recall, you know, the most important thing, which is what I always appreciated the most about Ramdas, just objectively, obviously, I was subjectively involved for so long with him, um, just that there was no big, like Maharaji said to, he said, how do I attain uh, an enlightenment or whatever way Ramdas said it. And he tells this story and he, the way Maharaji just goes, love everyone and tell the truth or just love everyone. Well, wait a minute now, I want, you know, he wanted an arcane teaching around meditation. He saw all these Buddhist friends, they were all getting these wonderful teachings and, and uh, ways to, uh, to uh, understand and go on the path day to day with a prescribed thing. You know, this is a great thing. You know, we don't have to think of it. Uh, so uh, and Maharaji, would, and he asked again, and Maharaji, love everyone and feed people. And he, he just, Ramdas eventually got that and we, of course, that's what we got when we went there. Uh, there to 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 just be kind, loving, compassionate, right? And to think about enlightenment and all that stuff. I mean, it's fun. It's fun to study and so on. But uh, the reality is turning ourselves to the point where once we do get to that be here, and once we get to that presence and all of what it represents, then we can just relax and be of some use to people around us because we're not thinking about ourselves. That's the biggest thing around be here now. You stop thinking about yourself. But I like thinking about myself. It's so much fun. I know. Um, <laughs> Actually, you don't like thinking about yourself. <laughs> really, I don't. I don't. It's just the uh, same problem, but that's okay. I think, yes. uh, yeah, I think that covers think most of it? my yeah. uh, my questions around okay. here now, right now. Right. Um, well, I, you know, we still have a little bit of time left, and I... Uh, did a podcast with Bob Thurman a couple of a few weeks ago, uh, which is up on Mind Mind Rolling, and he has this book, "Wisdom Is Bliss: Four Friendly Fun Facts That Can Change Your Life." Only Bob can do this. He called, yeah, the four noble truths are the four friendly facts, <laughs> and uh, he's got. I hadn't. I hadn't read the very end of it, so I was reading that, and uh, he's got this uh, chapter called Realistic Mindfulness, right? And in my attempts to get this to all of these teachings as much as possible to a place where we can understand and put them into action, and um, 
so you'll you'll give me some feedback here in terms of because uh, Bob does get it down to a very practical level sometimes. Other yeah. times you wouldn't understand one word of what he said for a good you know half hour. That that is a accurate summary of my experience with him. So here here's the so he says people in the West think of mindfulness as being mainly one aspect which is the mindfulness of the body, which is mindfulness of the breath, breath being considered the bridge between mind and body, right? So when you first do mindfulness practice, you get a little nervous because you realize there's a whole cacophony going on inside your mind. But then once you get to see it more comprehensively and you can move around among your thoughts, move around among your thoughts, we can do that. Right? That's not hard to We can move around. We do move around. You develop a little bit of critical awareness. And you can change channels. So that's the mindfulness aspect, right? You're aware of all these different thoughts that are cursing through. And uh, he said, you have a sort of clicker. You get a remote control in your own mind. And you can click from one channel to another. You can look at it from another angle and get another perspective on it. And then you can be more free about your reactivity. In other words, you're not, there's enough space so you're not jumping on to that uh, reactive thought, reactive emotion, right? When someone presses your button, you can either react or not react because you're not a slave of that thought. You can shift away from it. Okay. I mean, so it's possible. This stuff is real. It is possible, right, to have that spaciousness. Does this make sense? I'm just trying to ask. Oh, yeah, no, no. It, it definitely totally makes sense. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I relate, I relate a lot of what, you know, is said there through a Ram Dass lens and thinking of, uh, you know, how he talks about changing channels. Yeah, I, I saw that too. I that uh, more on, in terms of uh, planes of uh, consciousness. Planes, yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's a similar thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wish, um, I mean, yeah, I wish there was a remote control to, to grab and uh, move around my thoughts a little with a little bit more ease. For mm. sure. So he says mindfulness gives you a much bigger range of choice and an ability cr to create gaps and pause your reactions so you can choose to move this way or that way. It really is very important. Uh, this again goes back to trust uh, in the possibilities at the very least. So that's the creative part of all of this. Right? Okay. You, don't, you don't have to uh, be black and white. Oh, this isn't something I can do. I mean, what do you, uh, you know, what do you mean a bigger range of choice? I'm just stuck in there thinking about this bullshit. You know, so a little spaciousness is... Uh, it just think of the idea of, of creating a gap because a lot of times stuff happens and then you don't react to it and you're just being here now, right? Yeah, it's it's hard though with the bigger stuff, right? Because you don't usually have uh, any space before all of a sudden you've uh, reacted and gotten yourself into a, a little bit of trouble somehow. If you only have to take a breath and the little stuff to just sort of back off a little bit. You might have to take a few to at least get to the point where, yeah, this is tragic news we just got uh, or um, just being berated by somebody who's a bully, even stuff like that. There's a, a lot of practice got to go on to take enough of a, a pause and create enough of a gap not to go over and you know smash somebody into a wall or something. Um, Buddhist psychological science starts from the second noble truth or friendly fact, which focuses on the diagnosis of this, the cause of suffering. You want to know the diagnosis of the cause of suffering? Please. Misknowing ignorance. Misknowing ignorance causes unawake beings to imagine their selves and their world as being other than what they really are. Okay. Such beings, and he says in parentheses, I still am somewhat one of them, so don't feel put down, <laughs> he said, 
are like the hero Neo in Matrix, the Matrix film, who thinks he's a certain body running around in a certain world when he is caused to, quote-unquote, remember, become self-aware, is awakened by technical intervention. He realizes that he's actually an unconscious, dream-trapped, embroil-like grown-up trapped in a slimy test tube prison. <laughs> Luckily, his already awake revolutionary new friend save him as his body gets flushed out to die in a sewer due to his crime of having become un unmanageably self-aware. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things about Bob, by, by the way, how, how much he loves the Matrix. It's, it's awesome. Really? It's, yeah, yeah, he really, you know... Uh... Oh boy! So, uh, what else from Bob here? Ignorant misknowing awareness. It even has a name in the Pali: Avidya, Asat, Vidya, Vidya. Dooms us non-Buddhas to the suffering of living in a mirror reflection world that seems to, evidently, to be evidently apart from us. This is more misknowledge than ignorance since you actively think you know something that is not real to be real. This is the basic cause of your suffering. You think you know a certain environment and world and you try to live in it, but you keep banging into its mirror reflection, unreality. You know you are in some reality, but you are unconscious of it. So you're always anxious and insecure. The shocking fact is that Buddhist psychology shows us that any unawake suffering person is diagnosable as virtually, quote-unquote, psychotic. <laughs> In today's psychological terms, as they are suffering from a psychosis defined as a lack of content, contact, I'm sorry, contact with reality. To the extent that you are unenlightened, you are living in an unreal world created by your misknowing, distorted psyche, which makes you technically psychotic. Don't take it personally. I'm not yet fully enlightened either, so I'm happy to join you there. <laughs> oh, this is so great. We all, um, we all kind of end up making our own uh, version of the Matrix uh, that we're trapped in. Yeah, Bob should do that, right? Oh, God. Anyhow, what's the bottom line here? It's, it's, uh, obviously, um, unless you get to a certain place, no one's going to give a shit about this because we all think, well, we have happy moments. You know, it's not all suffering. What the hell? Uh, but uh, the truth is, if you're not enlightened, that means you don't know what you are. You don't know what the world you're in is really about. Therefore, you're going to have a frustrating time because you're going to be wandering like a blind person on the freeway. That's not even a genius statement. It's an obvious statement. If you don't know what's going on, you're going to have a hard time. Right? And yeah. don't we come to that? At some point, we all come to that and go, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I have to have some relationship with what the truth is. And, uh, and well, he, to, bring it, to bring it back to, uh, to Ram Dass and Be Here Now, uh, it's something he put in his, his story there at the beginning. You know, he just, something was wrong. Yeah. You know, before yeah. he had discovered psychedelics or, Maharaji or anything, he knew somewhere deep down inside of him something was wrong. And we all can associate with that feeling, something wrong, but we don't quite know. We can't put our fingers on it. Yeah. And well, he did a lot of psychedelics and he would find the place of truth, but couldn't stay very long. And that's what led him to India was this to satisfy, he seen the truth. How do you stay in the truth? And that's, so what happened? Every, ultimately, it's all about, so he meets a being that's all about, all you got to do is think of others, serve them, remember the one, the, the presence of be here now, <laughs> right? That's all. 
tell the truth, which is so, loving everybody. So yeah, that's all. So it's all what, relatively but, simple. But but the the beauty is that there was no um, arcane teachings to get you there. So what he did do, Neem Karoli Baba, without doing anything, like the whole thing, we all went to Vipassana, Insight Meditation courses. So that's where Ramdas met uh, both Joseph and Sharon, actually, because Maharaji was missing at the time. He just, nobody could find him. And uh, they did maybe three months of these things. I mean, he was... <laughs> A lot of city, you know, Krishnadas was there, Ramesh, you know, many others of who we met up in the Himalayas later. And many people were also very involved with Tibetans, Tibetan teachers, the Rinpoche. So this combination, uh, so in, a, in his way, people were introduced to discriminating wisdom through Buddhism. And yet we had this total connection to bhakti yoga, or yoga of devotion. That was the path. And this combination of it, which he fed uh, absolutely, uh, was uh, extraordinary and was manifested in those retreats in Maui for, a whole time, for the, all of the time he was there from 2004 through when he left, which is uh, 19, 2019. So uh, I, I can look back now and see the beauty of uh, how he had us deal with finding a way to go, go do the work of going inside through chant, through meditation, whatever anybody's proclivity was, but not at any point thinking this was the the answer that these paths were the answer. The answer was stop thinking about yourself all the time. That was the answer. That was the day-to-day. -day. Uh, we weren't, we just weren't hip to it at that point. But uh, it took a while, but here we are. Um, The, uh, so here's 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 a final story about be here now and from Bob and I don't think he he didn't talk about it at all. Um, he said one day I was looking at some family photos in a scrapbook. I came upon a picture of myself and my beloved wife, partner, and teacher Nena, with our first two children, on the beach in the island of Mallorca when we were twenty nine. It was a sunny bit of paradise, immensely enjoyable but to see as a pick and to remember. But then my enjoyment was disturbed when I looked at my own face and in a flash recognized the thought in my mind at the time, which was a strong sense of anxiety in the midst of this blissful scene. Where's the wallet, the credit card? Are we out of money? Where's my visa? Where, where's a fellowship? I'm supposed to get, are the kids okay? Is Nana happy? What do we need? Etc. I could see from the picture that I was not, quote unquote, in the moment, realistically aware of the blessed fortune, blissful setting, and companionship, and peaceful, peaceful situation on a planet where many beings were suffering, dying, starving, feeling sick, in agony, terrified, tortured, and so on. But then I realized that I now could see how wonderful the situation was, how lucky we were, how blissful and blessed with fortune. I enjoyed the scene immensely, even blissfully, retroactively in that way. Be here yes. now. <laughs> well, it's a good one. Yeah, really, huh? Bob is so great. So yeah, everybody go, wisdom is bliss. It's some, uh, Rob, Robert Thurman. It's uh, it, it's very advantageous just to bring some of these ideas and perspectives into uh, one's daily life. And, and yeah, he just he makes Buddhism a, a little more uh, user friendly, shall we say? Say the very least, very least. Well, thanks uh, for being a guest on your podcast. 
Thank you. Thank <laughs> no, you for having me. We're gonna. It's like a family business. We're gonna hand it down. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. okay. But you were gonna let me shout out a couple of the other podcasts. Yeah, that you please guys have on. Please. Uh, <laughs> starting, of course, with with Joseph. I, I know I, I talk about him anytime I'm on, but uh, the the last episode of Joseph. Uh, Goldstein I listened to was like uh, from 1977 a um, you know a guided meditation I think big mind game is what it was called and it's awesome please go check it out uh, and then yeah I get to uh, go go listen to Conda Mason everyone she is really fantastic and extraordinary she's speaking truth and that's what you know we all need to do these days especially um extraordinary woman yeah just wanted to uh and i I could keep going down the list we have a a lot of great podcasts on be here now network and you know it's it's more than just uh more than just ron doss and uh we're gonna have a psychedelic one yeah right you got madison madison margolin's gonna be with us uh next month in october yeah yeah, she's great. 2021, yeah. And um, what about a shout out to my dog? Hi. Yeah. Hi, Maya. 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 Say hi. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> this is a family show. And we'll all see you next week on Mind Rolling on Be Here Now Network. Go to BeHereNowNetwork.com. And as Noah said, there's just a plethora of wonderful teachers and thought leaders, and uh, we're really happy to share it. So see you next week.